Welcome to the second season of Goals Do Come True, the show that takes a deep dive into the systems and processes that help turn your business goals into reality. Hosted by me, Doug Bennett, the Goals Guy. If you like what you hear today, please remember to share the love by liking, sharing, and reviewing the show. It helps spread the word to others looking for help with their goals. Anyway, let's crack on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Goals Do Come True with me, Doug Bennett. Today, I'm joined by a fellow financial advisor, Martin Dodd. Now, we know each other from the Million Dollar Roundtable, which is the premier association of financial advisors. Places you probably somewhere in the region of the top 5% of financial advisors globally. We attend an annual meeting normally over in the States, although they are spreading them around the world. And I'm hoping to get to one or two of the more far-flung ones in the future. Now, there are a couple of different levels of MDRT, and I'm sure Martin is right up there near the top, if not at the top, one of the top of the table, guys. I hadn't checked that in with him, but he's got a new book, which I think will help business owners with their finances. And we'll, you know, we'll make sure that that's available within the show notes because I don't mind, you know, sharing fellow financial advisors and their stuff because people gel with different people. And, you know, if he, if he talks your talk and it, you know, resonates with you, then I really don't have a problem with that word. More than enough people in the world to share around the depleting number of financial advisors that there are in the UK. So, Martin, thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode of Goals Do Come True. Over to you to fill in a little bit more about your background and we'll see where it goes. Well, morning, Doug, and thank you very much for inviting me on. It's great to be able to share your stage with you. My background, it's been a long journey in financial services that has taken a really long time to come to fruition in terms of becoming, shall we say, successful. Although we don't want to talk about success too much in this country, I think we should talk about it more, really. We should praise people for their success. I was a T-boy in a financial services practice, quite literally that. I started in financial services at 17. And at 17, if any of us can remember that far back, we thought we knew everything about the world. But the reality is we knew absolutely nothing. So I went into this business. I was the T-boy. I've stayed in that business now all of my life. So one of those most unique individuals in that I've only ever had one job or certainly one business to work in. I've done every single role in a business, and I think that is, and I would say this to anybody that has got an idea of a business, learn every single role that that business does. I'll share a little story with you. A few years ago, I had the pleasure to have a tour on a submarine, not a working submarine, but a submarine that was used in the Falklands War. And the tour was by the former submarine captain, Sir Trevor Saw, who saw action in the Falklands War. And he was giving this wonderful guided tour. And by the way, submarines are tiny. You know, when you see them on the films, they're not like that. They're absolutely tiny. But what was really interesting to me about that talk that he gave when he guided us around his submarine is he said, Every single man on board the submarine has to be able to fulfill every single function on a submarine. 
So the admiral knows how to clean the toilets, how to get the dinner. And I don't know what all the roles are, but, you know, load of torpedoes, whatever. Every single person could drive the submarine. Every single person has to be able to do every single role. And I've never thought about it before, but obviously you can't, you know, if you lose a member of crew through illness or, heaven forbid, death, you can't just say, send me another one, replacement person to fulfill that role, which is why everybody in a submarine has to be able to fulfill every single function. That got me thinking about business when we were walking around or stumbling and staggering around this tiny submarine. And I think it's the same for business. If you're entrepreneurial, starting part of the way through the journey or a long way into your journey, being able to complete every single task will make you a better business person, in my view. So I, I, I just thought that was fascinating. And so many people in business don't know every single bit of the job. I think that's quite an important thing. One, it doesn't put you in a position where you're, you can be beholden to a single person that knows the job and they're the only one that knows the job and they're the only one that knows that they know to do the job, in which case, you know, there, there's the potential for being held to ransom in some respects. I think there's a respect for you if you can go hands on the tools, so to speak, and just like go in, pick things up. But what I'm interested in, because I, you know, there, there's lots of the jobs that we do within our businesses, our financial services businesses, which we're not eminently qualified for. We're capable of doing them. We don't like doing them because we're no damn good at them. And those are the things that we delegate. So do you sort of once every now and again go through the whole thing or is it no, I used to be the tea boy. I'm okay. I'll make the occasional cup of tea now. I know how to put a portfolio together. I know how to do a life illustration, or I've done it in the past. Do you keep yourself updated on things? Tell me. I do go back to stuff. Do I make the tea anymore? No. I go out and get coffees for them, <laughs> the, the local coffee shop. But do I go back to the different component parts of my business? I do. In our business, we have what we call cheat sheets. In other businesses, you might call it a process sheet, but I like to call them cheat sheets. So I go back to everything that we do periodically to review that cheat sheet. Yeah. If you like. So we know what the process is. And I think if you are entrepreneurial, the entrepreneur in a business needs to know all the component parts and know how they work really well. Because I think if you delegate that to somebody, I don't know that you would necessarily be held to ransom, but you're at risk of that person having too much control over your business. And for all we, us entrepreneurs like to think we're good judges of character, we're not as good as we think we are. You know, we've all employed people, worked with people where we thought, oh, they're a good person only to find out that they're not. So in, an, in entrepreneurial land, I think it's important that we, it sounds a little bit horrible really, but we don't give too much to an individual because we then become reliant on them. They may leave, they may not work well with the rest of the team because they've perhaps grown in their ability and not, you know we all evolve into becoming different people over time. Yes. So I like to get back in trenches. Yep regularly. And I know it's not a thing in financial planning world. You know, a lot of financial planners struggle to turn on a laptop 
let alone understand the component parts. I say to my team every week, this is a team event. I'm what you call a centric manager. I'm in the thick of it. Yeah. We're all back in the office. We all work together. Yeah. And I, I go to great lengths to make sure they don't think that I'm putting myself on a pedestal and these people are my servants, if you like. Yeah. That's a very important point as well. I mean, I always introduce my team to my clients and say, these guys do all the hard work. I rock up like on the podcast, rock up on the podcast, have a chat with amazing people, pull stuff out of their brains, share it with the world, but then that's it. It's all then moved out onto Buzzsprout and graphics done and all. I've got no clue. The rest of my team in the office within the financial services business and the wealth planning and preservation business there, I introduce them as the, the guys that do all the hard work because they do. But I like the idea of, yeah, we've got cheat sheets or you know, task trackers, we call them, where each individual item that somebody needs to do in a process is written down. And it's detailed enough that a school leaver should be able to come in, somebody with no experience in the industry at all, and be able to do one or two jobs relatively straightforwardly, relatively easily. And I think it's a good idea. I like the idea of you going back, following the process, because, you know, invariably the piece of software that you might be inputting, they've changed a screen somewhere or, and, you know, you need to be aware of that sort of thing. But also, you know, keeping you on it and letting your team know that you're part and parcel of everything that's going on. I think it's a useful yeah, part. Yeah, 100%. One of the other reasons that I do it is because I come to work on a Monday morning every week with the view that how we're doing what we do is broken. Right. I want to look, I'm not reinventing it every week by any means, but I'm looking for reinvention continuously. Yeah. The world is not economically in a great place at the moment. So I think we should, it's prudent to be looking inwards right now in terms of how can we do what we do better? How can we deliver better? Yeah. And that to me means I've got to, I have to look at what I've got and say, right, is, does that work? as well as it can do. So the, there's a few things that I'm looking at at the moment in my business, which I'm trying to streamline, if you like. And if it's automatable, we're going to do that. Yeah. Hello. I hope you don't mind me interrupting this episode. Just wanted to tell you about one of my other businesses, which is DB Wealth Planning and Preservation. We do cash flow modeling, lifestyle financial planning, and wills and trusts. So if that's something that's on your agenda, if you want to see what your future looks like well ahead of the game, then pop over to my website, dbwpp.co.uk, and we'll help you create your future and protect your assets. So that's dbwpp.co.uk. Anyway, let's go back to the podcast. Yeah, and that's another thing. It's like, you know, get as much of it done by these computer thingies that, you know, people help me by switching on in the morning. That's a joke, by the way, folks. Okay, so this is Goals Do Come True, goal-setting podcast. So do you have any big, hairy, audacious goals that you're either working on or that you've achieved in the past? And I'm going to go back and we're going to talk a little bit about your Iron Man journey. And we we both know Michael Bibb and he's extraordinary. But you're more of a lean, mean fighting machine than Michael Bibb is, that's for sure. 
Well, I might have been once, but not quite <laughs> as spelt as I used to be. So Big, hairy, audacious goals. Have yeah, you got any so, that you're working on at the moment? Um, let's go back to the beginning of my journey. And it, it is so relevant to me in that my Ironman journey started in 1998. So Ironman was really unknown at that time, anywhere outside of the United States. People didn't know what it was. Just so that your listeners know, 2.4-mile open water swim, 112 miles on a bike, followed by a marathon, 26.2-mile run. So back in 1998, I was a runner at the time, albeit fairly average, and I came across this Ironman event. It wasn't called Ironman at the time. It was called The Longest Day Triathlon. And I came across it in a running magazine, as runners do, or they did at the time. People do it online now, but at the time you found events in a magazine. In the calendar section of future events, there was always a tiny section on triathlon. And I hadn't done a triathlon, but I read this triathlon and it had the distances. And I thought it was a misprint. I mean, 25 years ago, it was just nobody knew what it was. So I picked up the magazine, the news agents, the following month, looked through the events again, thinking, and somewhere in the back of my mind, I was thinking, this is a misprint. Yeah. Uh, for the second month, it, it was in the magazine again. Well, it can't really be a misprint. So I then started thinking, there can't be anybody in the UK can do that. They must be weirdly fantastic foreign people that somehow had more superhuman capabilities than anybody in the UK. But this event was quite local to where I lived. So the following year, I went and watched this event. And yet, lo and behold, I was watching normal people, normal, everyday people. Now, I live up in the black country. These were... Dudley men, people from Cradley Heath that were finishing this event. And it really sparked something in me in that thought, this is not unachievable at all. Uh, so I set about achieving this goal, if you like, and I trained for it, but I didn't tell anybody that I was training for it, except my father, who I told about 10 days before. I was out running with my father, didn't tell it. We were doing quite a long training run, but I said, I'm going to run another hour, something like that. And I said, by the way, uh, week on Sunday, I'm, I'm doing this longest day triathlon. And he couldn't stop himself. He immediately says, you can't do it. Because that's the way people used to think. Yeah, yeah. Long story short, I'd sliced and diced what I thought I could do. And I completed it within two minutes of what I thought I could achieve the event in. That was quite life-changing for me because I did that on my, yes, that was in the year 2000, I did that. So I, that was my 33rd birthday that I did it. That mm. was my birthday present to myself. But it was quite transformational for me at the time. And it sounds kind of very trite, but it flipped a switch in my mind about getting off your backside and going and doing something. And what that, when you go and do something that you think is either unobtainable or right on your limits, first of all, getting off on the backside and training for it, and then starting to wait, yeah, well, I think I can do this. But then actually achieving it, what it made me, it was it transcended way beyond triathlon and Ironman. It gave me a belief that whatever I decided I was going to put my mind to would be achievable. I didn't know how long it would take me to achieve that thing, but achieving, and I would suggest to anybody that half wants to do an Ironman, do it because it will and it does sound trite, but it does change your life. It does make yeah. you believe enormously in yourself that 
we've got so much more that we can achieve. Yeah, so much more within us. I have done the London Marathon. I probably couldn't swim 100 metres, to be fair, and I haven't been on a bike for 20 years. And and this is the point that, you know, the temptation is to say, so never, but I've got to be realistic. (laughs) 59 years of age. Well, well, I think it comes down to the determination. Yeah, of course. I learned to swim to do that Ironman. I couldn't swim before him. I'll tell you another little story about somebody that I coached, and this this is going back nearly 20 years now. A young man turned up at the pool, and he said, I want to do an Ironman. I said, can you swim? And he went, not really. So I said, right, swim swim 25 metres down the other end of the pool, swim back, and we'll see how it goes. So he got to the other end, and he just got back to this end. Hang, I call it hanging on the bar. The old star swimming pulls it out, the bar yeah. at the end. Yeah. Hanging, <laughs> absolutely hyperventilating. Anyway, utterly determined young man. So within a year, he'd done an Ironman, which is interesting enough. But where he went from there was unbelievable. He then completed a challenge called the Arch to Arc Challenge. And he did this within a space of 24 months of not being able to swim. So the Arch to Arc Challenge is a run from Marble Arch to Dover. Wow. 88 miles. It then involves a swim across the channel. Wow. Okay. You get to Dover and you have to wait for an appropriate window. So I understand most channel swimmers leave about two or three in the morning. So he swims to the other side. I think he has a little bit of a rest. And then he, I think the distance is 260 miles to the Arc de Triomphe. Is that on a bike? On a bike. On right. a bike. Wow. So he was the only person that got across the channel that day, I might add, because they tend to swim at certain times of the year. And he was in, in swimming in the channel for 22 hours. He was a mile off the French coast for four hours, battling tides and all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, no, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. So he's called Tom Beaver, by the way, and I'm still in contact with him to this day. And his determination to achieve that was come from a very sad story. His nephew was on holiday in the Dolomites, probably around about 2000, 2001, and he went missing. Walking holiday in the hills, and he's never, ever been found. So his first reason to do an Ironman was to raise awareness, raise money for missing people, and this arch-to-arch challenge was just the next level on from an Ironman. The next level on. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. In the words of Michael Bibb, you know, where the mind goes, the body will follow. Yes. But we're not all built the same. We don't all have that level of determination. But there are men and women that walk among us. They were just like you and I, Doug. Yes. That do have extraordinary mental capacity to do these things. But I, and they would tell you they're not extraordinary people. They just take extraordinary action. Yes. And that is what it is all about very often. You know, the listener, you might have something inside you that is burning to get out and you really do need to let it out, give it a chance. Because, you know, the the people that I speak to, they they all do extraordinary things, but they are all two legs, two arms, you know, 
a brain, capable, some fat, some thin, tall, short. You know, it's like it's within us. And that's why I try to bring people along so that we can, you know, sort of maybe inspire you a little bit to go and do something. Expand your comfort zone. Don't do things outside your comfort zone. Expand your comfort zone so that because once it's expanded, once your comfort zone is expanded, it doesn't shrink back down again. It's impossible for it to do that. So, you know, I sort of advocate expanding your com- comfort zone rather than going outside it. Yeah, so so I, for years, I've if anybody's been listening to me babble on about what I want to achieve, I always said to people, I'm only a four out of ten. And people go, no, no, Martin, you've done an Ironman and, you know, you've got a business and, you know, you're not a four out of ten. I said, no, spin that way the other end. When I, make, when I say I'm a four out of ten, it means there's still another six that I can achieve. Yeah. So I'm not putting myself down. I'm giving myself space, if you like, to achieve more, do more, you know, be a better father, be a better husband, be better at business, be fitter, just give myself that space. And then this book came out a few years ago. You probably read it, Doug, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Yes, I have. And he talks about 40%. It's the same thing. But I've been talking this for 20 years, so he's kind of stolen my thunder, if you like, because <laughs> he's a lot more famous than I. Yeah, we like to think people have stolen their thunder, and we had an idea once. But, yeah, unfortunately, if we haven't followed through on it and they did, we've got to live with it. Absolutely. But, no, that is a good book. Yes, yes. I've got that on audio as well. I treated myself. Yeah. I need to listen to that again. For sure. He's got another book coming out shortly. It's not quite published, but I've got it in pre-order. I do like listening to him because he's read his own book. When you hear an author read their own book, it it resonates more so. But interestingly, my own book, I had somebody else read it originally, but I scrapped the idea and going back to reading it myself with my regional accent. Yeah. Uh, from the Black Country. And I think that's, you know, we can, you know, us authors can think that it's got to come across at a, a really high level. I definitely think for people like us, being who we are, warts and all, yeah. is why people will want to talk to us and want to listen to what we've got to say. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Right, I'm going to ask for, I like to jam these in so that, you know, they're, they're, they're relatively concise episodes so people can get them done on a dog walk or a, a walk around the block. So a goal-setting nugget that the world needs to know that we haven't touched on already, according to Martin Dodd. A really great question. You really put me on the spot there. Goal-setting. So I personally don't set any limits. And it's easy for me to say that because I've lived that kind of mindset for a long time. What I see, particularly in financial planning world, is people believe that if you achieve a certain level of success, that's there's a ceiling, you can't do any more. I have no limits. My view is, is the way that I run my business is that I will add more resource the busier I get. So I'll just grow sideways and upwards and downwards. I have intermediate targets of where I want to get to, but my ultimate goal is unset. And I think back to where I was 10 years ago, and I think to where I am now, and I would be staggered. 
And there's something in turning around when you've achieved a certain level of success to see where you've come from. Because it's, it, you know, right now the challenges the world faces, it's easy to think that there's lots of doom and gloom. But I would say to most entrepreneurial people, if you look back to where you were 10 years ago compared to now, you've probably traveled a massive distance. And sometimes we need to see where we've come from so that we can go again without limits. Yeah. No, I like that without limits. And Dan Sullivan talks about it in The Gap. Dan Sullivan is the strategic coach and he talks about The Gap. And you can have two identical people with identical successes. One of them is deliriously happy with where they are. And the other one is completely disappointed and disheartened about where they are. And they're both in exactly the same place. And the simple difference between the two people is the guy that is deliriously, or girl, sorry, that is deliriously happy is measuring themselves against where they've come from. And the guy that is, or girl, that is deliriously, well, completely unhappy is measuring themselves against the perfect ideal that's ahead of them. So what you said there is, you know, is very important. Measure yourself sometimes from where you've come from when you're heading out there into the world, maybe into the unknown. And some people go for the unknown. Some people have a figure. Some people, you know, but I think you've got your interim stages, which are your figures. Sure. And then the sky's the limit as as far as everything else is concerned. But, you know, if you're feeling like you're not making any progress, you're right. Absolutely right. Measure from where you've come from. Yeah, well, here's, here's another thing about progress. Most of us massively overestimate what we can achieve in the short term and massively underestimate what we achieve in the longer term. Yeah. So right now, a lot of us are probably stagnating. We could even be going backwards. Yeah. We can't, you know, it's like trying to measure the markets, you know, where's the market going to go tomorrow? We wouldn't dream of trying to predict that. No. So why would you measure yourself in business in the same way? No, very, very, very good point. You're going to have up weeks and down weeks, we are. up months and down months. For sure. But the trajectory invariably is upwards if you keep on going. Yeah. So, Martin, thank you for that insight. It's been a pleasure to have you on board. It's always good to, you know, have fellow financial advisors, successful ones as well. We're going to make sure that the link to your book and you've got a freebie download to help business owners to, you know, have a look at their finances and get those on track. We'll make sure that there's a link to that in the show notes. But all I can say is, Martin, thank you very much for joining me on Goals Do Come True. Thank you, Doug. It's been great to be with you. Thank you for listening to Goals Do Come True. I'm Doug Bennett, the Goals Guy. Please remember to subscribe and review on Apple, Google or Spotify. Visit dougbennett.co.uk for the latest on transforming your life through goals. Happy goal setting. Until next time.